If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well, we need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com. Blog Talk Radio. USA Radio Live on Blog Talk Radio. I want to welcome everybody to our second show in this format. And you are on live. I am Dan Sprigley, the host, president, and founder of Voice of the People, joined as always by my esteemed colleague and best friend, Mr. Andrew Woodring, the vice president and co founder of Voice of the People USA. And also, What's going a- on, everybody? <laughs> Andy, and also, Mike, are you there? I'm here. Also joined by Mike Jacobson, who is one of the newer editions of Voice of the People that recently became very active in the group and trial by fire was setting up the Arizona rally. So, thrown into it. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. To our friends in the chat room, you are on live, and this is open for all of you. And I want to start off by saying... Actually, Dan, 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 be professional now. What's the number to call in? Ah, that's that's a good point. I, I didn't think about that. Um, that's why I'm here. <laughs> give me a second for the number to call in. I got this Skype box here. Uh stick it in my in my face. Gotta learn how to move a box. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> hmm. I don't know how to move the box. Let's see. Here we go. The number to call in is one seven one four five one zero three seven three six. Again, that's one seven one four five one zero three seven three six. And if you are listening via the Blog Talk player and want to get involved in the chat room, just log on to blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA and you'll be tied in live with us, able to chat with us, and we will pay attention to the chat room as as it is possible, of course, because I get distracted very easily. And uh, I want to start off by announcing that 
This week, we're going to be joined by some pretty special guests, which I'm looking forward to. And we're hoping to have State Representative Darrell Metcalf join us, as well as a couple other names that I'll shoot out there later in the show, because that's what I do. I like a name drop. It makes me feel better about myself. And um, tonight's, <laughs> tonight's show, well, there's a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, the, there's so much to talk about. We have stuff left over from last week. We have, you know, the, well, one weekend, or not even a whole weekend of the new Congress, of course. You know, we're, we're halfway there. But, you know, they've taken enough of their photo opportunities, pretty little pictures, and talking about how they're going to change the world and a lot of the good stuff. But that's, that is what it is. But, well, you guys want to get into it. Do you want to start off with it, or you want to talk first? Because... You know, I'm just kind of chomping at the bit here. <laughs> start off with it. I say start off with it. Okay. Well, first off, to the families of the victims of the Tucson, Arizona shooting this past Saturday, obviously our hearts and our prayers go out to you, and we'll hold you in our prayers because what happened there was truly a heinous, heinous act done by a despicable individual and it was something just just disgusting. It was really, really vile and just something that no matter how many times you see something like that happen, it still gets to you. And I also got to take this time to offer a speedy recovery, hopefully, God willing, and to yeah, – I don't know. <laughs> you see, I, I, I'm so – I'm so spun around by this, but Representative B. Giffords of Arizona, obviously, who, as last I heard, is in critical condition in the hospital, and obviously we well, we pray for her health. Actually, this afternoon she uh, she is responsive and gave the thumbs up and moved two fingers, so she's a step uh-huh. in the right direction. They're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. God for that. That's something I didn't know. Thank you. Well, that's that's obviously a blessing when you hear something like that. It makes you feel a little bit better. It, again, it's just a shame that there we have. Though some have pointed out that this was a a uh, Democratic congresswoman, it was a liberal congresswoman. You know what? All that crap really doesn't matter much now, does it? The simple fact is that there is a congresswoman who is actually out in public addressing her constituents and talking to her constituents, and I think that warrants. That warrants a, a special bit of thanks right there. Just the fact that somebody out there, elected official, going out there to to talk with the people that put her in office, I think that that's something we don't see enough of nowadays. And, you know, I don't care what side of the aisle she falls on. She's a human being who was doing her job, doing her duty, and actually going out there and talking to everyday people, and then something like this happens. And um, what do we get from it? What do what do we have shoot up? We have Sheriff Dupnick of Pima County in Arizona there. He decided to take the opportunity to utilize a tragedy to get his name in the news. Obviously, your typical low-life, opportunistic uh, media whore who will do whatever is necessary to get his ugly name out there in the public. And what did he do with what happened? He took He took a tragic event. And he spun it to politicize things, to go out on the offensive and attack, first off, Sarah Palin, secondly, the Tea Party, and thirdly, 
those of us who are racist and xenophobic that protest the um, oh actually protest in support of Arizona's SB 1070 and you know are against the illegal alien invasion. So I there's no nice way of saying this. So I'm just going to be blunt, but I'm not going to defend Sarah Palin because she's a big enough woman to do it herself. I think that it's low to attack a a political name, if you will, because it's guaranteed to warrant you the attention. But attack the activist, attack the everyday man and woman that goes out there and gives up time out of their lives to take to the streets, to take to you know to lawns, to stadiums, whatever it is, to protest the deterioration of our government. These people are not the enemy. These people are not radical. Okay. These people simply care about their country. They care about their state. They care about the current way things are and want things to be made better. For this individual to go out there and label them as extremists and a cause for something like this to happen makes this Sheriff Dupnik no better than that which he preaches against because all he did was put a label on everybody that goes out there and peacefully assembles and protest what's going on in our country. Now, I ask you, is that a fair criticism? Is that really doing the right thing? No. Sheriff Dupnik is, again, an opportunistic scumbag who cares more about media attention, limelight, and doing his job, obviously, because he'd rather go out there and take pot shots at everyday citizens like you and I. So, again, this man is one of the lowest forms of trash out there, and he is an embarrassment to the sheep that he wears. If there's ever a civil servant that deserves to be stripped of his badge, he would be one of them. Talking about the fact of what happened, the rule of law, you know, the trash that was, he cared about going out there and villainizing innocent people that had nothing to do with this act. Simply put, the individual that perpetrated this act was an open Marxist, communist, left-wing zealot, if you will, and that's by his own admission. So to sit there and portray this as a right-wing thing is pretty poor. But all in all, just to politicize this in any way, shape, or form is one of the most undermining, demeaning, and wrong things I've seen in a very long time. So Sheriff Dufnick, shame on you, sir. Shame on you for not having the courage to actually defend the people, stick up and say that the overall majority of people aren't like this. They're better than this. And this is just one depraved, enraged scumbag with with no morals, no self-decency, just a distasteful, disgusting, despicable human being. So instead of properly condemning the guilty, you, sir, chose to go and condemn the innocent people that had nothing to do but were busy feeling remorse. Did you feel remorse? No. You wanted your 15 minutes. Well, sir, you got it. And with that 15 minutes, I hope it brings you nothing but the worst time ever in your life. I hope there's calls every single day for your resignation. I hope you're fired because you do not deserve to wear the badge. You're an insult to law enforcement. You're an insult to your county, to your state, to the country, and to everyday people that elected you into office. So, shame on you. I'm done. You guys have it. Run with it. Are you sure? 
<laughs> it's hard to follow up stuff like that. It really is. <laughs> but, but if I can say something on my own with this, um, you know, to me it really shows the vast amount of disconnect that, I, I hate to say, but quite a few elected officials have with uh, most of the voting public. And the reason why I say that is because protesters, regardless of whether you think they're right or wrong, that is part of our God-given right as American citizens to voice our opinions, to, degree, to, to disagree, and even sometimes to agree to disagree, and to try and portray people doing what they're entitled to as Americans and portray them as dangerous or unstable or anything like that really goes to show how little understanding this person has of what it is to be an American. When you try and take away or in some way diminish a person's right to protest, you, you basically are saying, I no longer support that person being an American. And that in its own right, among many of the other points that Dan made with this, also disgusts me about the sheriff. I'm sorry, but I, I can't remember his name, even though Dan mentioned it multiple times. I, I really try not to think about him because when I do, it, it gets me very upset. Um, that's all I have with this one. Andy, if you've got anything else to put in, please do. <laughs> Well, <laughs> following up both of those, I mean, you covered all the bases pretty well. But, uh, you know, I, it, it cracked me up, though, as I was reading this, and they're going, oh, is it just one crazy lone uh, gunman who was, you know, unsettled? Or was it the the overload of toxic rhetoric being spewed by all these people? And, and you know, true, there, there are problems with campaigning, and they need to, you know, there needs to be campaign reform. But... To just to put it on like Sarah Palin, and I mean I don't really like her to begin with, but anyway, it's not about her. <laughs> and to say, oh, because she has you know a, a bullet mark on her little map, that you know obviously that was something terrible, and you know you it read too much into it. And there are a lot of stupid people that probably read too much into it, but to take it and to try to twist it like that, I mean you're stretching, you're stretching hard, and. That just it, it's a, like Dan said. It's opportunistic and it's just a pile of shit. So that's me. I don't know. Oh, I agree. You know, I, I and look at look at just. I mean, a nine-year-old girl shot dead. A nine-year-old girl, senior citizens, young and old, the like. I mean, just disgusting. As far as I'm concerned with, you know, the whole proven you're innocent until proven guilty or whatever, you know what? Do the right thing. Put a bullet in that sorry son of a bitch's head now because and, and broadcast it for the world to see because that's something that eye for an eye, baby. Eye for an eye. There's someone that deserves it. Oh, I, okay. I mean, wait, why waste the time, you know? You know he shot her. He's going to get, what, life sentences for everyone dead, so he's going to have, what, six life sentences back to back to back to, you know? Why? Why waste the taxpayer dollars? Why feed them? Why, you know, clothe them? Why put them anywhere? Just take them out back. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I I would agree with you on as far as uh, why sentence them to life when it would be so much easier to sentence them to death. However, I'm still a strong advocate of due process. And um, even though the gentleman is, uh, I mean, I'm going to say, well, say he's clearly guilty, um, that everyone is still entitled their day in court. However, to spend taxpayers' monies for year after year after year for someone that we damn well know is not going to get out of jail, 
that uh, that's a little ludicrous. Yeah. And the guy that's defending him, when I was reading about this, now I don't know the guy's name, but he was also the guy who defended the Oklahoma City bomber and the Unabomber. And now this guy, and I just found that extremely bizarre. I don't exactly know where I'm going with the, with this point, so I just you know just start talking. We'll find it as we talk. That there's like this lawyer out there just like waiting for cases like this to start complaining about you know rights and things like that. It just it's bizarre that there's such slime is out there just waiting for their moments so they could get their TV moment. Yeah, well, it is it's media attention. Mm-hmm. And um. I uh, just want to do a quick, quick to break from the, the topic of conversation, obviously, but I know that friend from Facebook and the group that we have there, We the People Against the Illegal Alien Invasion, Chris is listening, and I want to give you a happy birthday shout-out, sir, because I know you're spending your birthday listening to our show, and I much appreciate that. And also in the chat room, Tony from Ohio. Um, I'm not going to have time to check out that link that you just sent me, but it says, Why Closed Borders Are Anti-Free Market. And... um well, I got to say that, you know, <laughs> it. I haven't seen the blog posting. You know, I'm not checking out your link here, but I have to disagree with that um, just because of my own beliefs, really, closed borders. I'm not for closed borders. I'm for secure borders. And just so there's no, you know, difference of opinion here or, or mincing of words that the border being secure, our northern, our southern, our shores, our waterways, that has nothing to do with being free market or not, all right? What it comes down to is it's not anti-free market. It's pro the invasion of this country, people coming in and taking our jobs, taking our houses, taking our benefits, putting us out in the, out in the street, more or less, bleeding our country of benefits, bleeding us dry, and not giving anything back to the system, so if that's anti-free market, I don't know what to say, sir. But again, I welcome all all different points of view because that's what it's all about, you know. And obviously, welcome back everybody else. And ah, Minnesota girl, hello, welcome. And um, <laughs> you know, you know how you know how I am. I gotta, I gotta go. I definitely got to go back and, you know, check out the, the chat room because I don't get to pay enough attention to it all the time. But just wanted to address that. So now I'm bouncing back on the chat room, going back back to the, the topic at hand here. But uh, now I I saw from Fox News, Fox News Sunday, that, you know, the Tea Party, obviously, is, um, you know, issuing their response to the Pima County Sheriff. And, you, you know, I got to say on that end, too, now, what we're doing here, I think, if we wanted to, if we truly, truly wanted to, we could go out there and say, well, we're part of the racist, xenophobic crowd that you mentioned, Sheriff Duffnick, that is pro-Arizona SB 1070, and you labeled us, so we're going to issue our official response and put out press releases to get our name out there. It's not a matter of being that opportunistic scumbag like you, Sheriff. And for Tiki Party Nation and Judson Phillips to go out there and, and do his official statement or whatever, you know what? It all seems in poor taste. Let the American people that have been 
wrongly accused and labeled by this person, flood this office with phone calls, with emails, with letters. Let their voice be heard. I don't want to hear from the elitist crowd that sit there and put out an email, this is what we were called because of what happened in Arizona. Now, send us money and help us start a, a positive campaign to make you look better. This is not a money-making opportunity. I mean, do you have no sense of decency, no sense of morals? Will you use anything and everything just to get a buck? Come on. I mean, show some taste. Just just for once. You know? Be a oh, little come bit on, Dad. Nobody nobody's showing any taste. Whenever a tragedy happens, you know there's always those people that want to come out and either make a buck or get their name out there, so does it really surprise you? No, it it really it really doesn't, unfortunately, but I mean, and speaking of uh, no taste, if I might cut in here, another thing that tremendously disturbs me, and I mentioned this to you when I uh, sent you a message earlier today, Dan, about mm-hmm. these Westboro Baptist churchgoers uh, yeah. that are planning on showing up at the, uh, again, I'm horrible with names. I apologize to everyone that's out there listening, but the young girl who was killed, yeah. they are planning on showing up at her funeral and uh, doing their usual craft, they, which they usually pull with military service personnel which in essence is um, basically cheering that they were killed. Yeah. And I find it completely and utterly disgusting and, and comp- reprehensible. And I'm going to be civil about it, but believe me, there's a lot of other words I'd like to use to describe what I think of these people. Wow. And um, yeah, for, anybody, it. <laughs> for anybody to think that doing something like that is wrong, and I, I consider myself a tolerant person. I give people the benefit of the doubt no matter what kind of stupid crap comes out of their mouth. I'll at least listen or try and show some some measure of understanding. These people, I have none. And uh, I'd like to thank a friend of both mine and Dan's, a person by the name of George Sprankle, who was out, if he's out there listening, thank you, because I know he plans on getting a group together to block these bastards from showing up at this funeral. I hope that tens of thousands of people show up to show these people to never pull crap like this again, because it's completely and totally disgusting. Okay, Amen. I'm good now. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, you're 100% right. All the good people out there in Arizona, George Franco, Valley Roller, Brandy Barron, Riders USA, uh, Riders Against Legal Aliens, all these groups that are uh, above and beyond to do the right thing and to, you know, show show respect to those who deserve it and to show pride in country and they pull these things together. I mean, obviously – we're honored to know them and work with them and have a good relationship with these individuals, and thank you for that. The the uh, Baptist Church, um, well, <laughs> you know what? <sighs> Somebody really needs to go They there. are one of the lowest forms of life out there today. Y- yeah. I, I Again, that whole, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, but I, I can't do that. You know, oh, hell with that. They are one of the lowest forms of life going out there and going at military funerals and a, a nine-year-old girl's funeral. I mean, any anyone who supports this listening can call in and give me the pro argument for that. Oh, I welcome it. Oh, I'd love, love, to, hear I would love to hear it. If, yeah, if, I would love to hear the pro argument. <laughs> If anybody wants to call in and defend their right to come and protest us, please, 714-510-3736. We definitely want to hear from you. And we won't yell. We'll let you state your state your opinion, state your thoughts. And I mean, no, you're, I, I will have a healthy debate with you uh, yeah. <laughs> to why you agree with it. Yeah. Uh, 
the Baptist Church people, seriously, burn in hell, you sick, perverted bastards. You disgust me, all right? Maybe you'd be better served by moving to Iran. Just like all those individuals that hate our military and, you know, revel in the fact that our brave men and women get killed in the battlefield defending your rights to be sick little perverted bastards that go out there and, and free speech to your own, for your own cause, your own little, you know, sick, demented, degrading things. Go to Iran. I mean, I'm sure they'll welcome you. Go there. Leave America. You hate America, and you know what? I'm all for the free speech and to peacefully assemble both sides, whatever you feel. Amen. Hey, I, I, I go out there, you know, and we all do it. We support your right to agree or disagree. But you cross that fine line. You cross that line where, you know what? You don't deserve that right. That, light, that right should be taken from you because that is just blasphemous. That is just hateful and dirty and degrading. So from this side of America, you know, leave. Go somewhere else. I don't want you in my country. You don't want to call America your country. Fine. We'll own it. We don't want you in our country. How about that? So I would love to get one of them on this show. I really, really would because, you know, disgusting. Yeah. Just disgusting. We'll send out the uh, the formal invite. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You know, I would like any of these um, these heathen, heathen folks that, you know, go out there and utter their disgust to please, 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 please call in because I really want to talk to you, you know. If you could put aside your, your name-calling, your finger-pointing just for one second and actually have an intellectual debate, I welcome it. I welcome people that are pro what we say and against what we say because if we can't have a civil discussion in this country, then we've seriously gone off the deep end somewhere. So, again, if you agree or disagree, call in. This show is open for you. Again, at 714-510-3736. Ah, so, all right. Um <laughs> Give me a topic, guys, because, uh, you know, I'm a little fired up right now. Just roll. <laughs> How about the 14th Amendment and the repealing of it, Dan? What are your feelings on that? Ah, there you go. There's something. Now, obviously, this past Wednesday, uh, State Representative, who we're very good friends with, Daryl Metcalf, who started State Legislators for Legal Immigration, along with um, numerous other state legislators and State Senator Russell Pierce from Arizona, are, you know, introduced their new legislation that they're putting forth and trying to go over the states to make it no longer a given right that when an illegal alien has a child in the United States of America, that they are no longer natural-born citizens, that they, too, are still considered, basically, an illegal alien interesting legislation, and obviously that's what we referred to as the anchor baby issue, and the 14th Amendment in its original intent had nothing, it, the language was not directed towards or for illegal aliens. It was something completely different from that, going back to the times of slavery. But I want to get your thoughts, guys. I mean, tell me, tell me what you think about this legislation, about what they're trying to do anyway. Well, I mean, the whole anchor baby situation kind of cracks me up to begin with. Because, you know, if I go with my wife and buy a house and we have our daughter, you know, and if that house gets foreclosed on, I don't get to keep the house just because I have my daughter there. You know, you take your baby and you go. And if, that, you know, if your baby has become a, you know, an actual citizen from birth, you have the fingerprints, you have everything, 
you can, uh, you know, set up something later on that they can get, you know, back into the country if they so choose to, if you don't want to go that far. But when they become 18 and have the choice to come back to the country if they want to, you can deal with it then. But either way, if you're coming over having the kids, mm-hmm. take the kid back <laughs> and head back to your country. That's you. That's mine. How about you, Mike? I personally feel it's an amendment that's long past outlived its usefulness. I understand that a lot of people have tried to cross into this country when they're pregnant just so they could have their children here. And um, it's really a testament to how great America is that people will have been doing this for many, many a year now and risking their lives and risking their children's lives. Mind you, I, I hope if there anyone is listening who is considering doing something like that, keep in mind you are not only endangering yourself, but you're endangering your children by trying to cross a border, you know, yeah, I think it's by swimming a river in most places while you're pregnant. It's not a good idea in the first place. But uh, the idea of having a child become an instant citizen just because they're born on U.S. soil, it uh, really does make no sense. And it's, again, another another way of uh, draining our economy and uh, the pocketbooks of every taxpaying American citizen. Yep. You know, I remember um, a couple of years ago, Joey Vento from Gino's Cheesesteaks in Philadelphia who was obviously known for his his sign back in and when ordering order in English. He spoke at a couple of our rallies, and he said something very, very, very short but blunt and to the point. If you come here and you drop an anchor, pick it up and go back to your country. Yeah, no. <laughs> Talk about not mincing. Words, okay, and uh, I'll tell you, I I love Joey, and I'll tell you why. From the couple events that he spoke at of ours, Joey is is what like five foot nothing. You know, <laughs> he's this little guy, and he's like Moses. I mean, he just walks through the crowd, and the crowd just parts for him. You know, like he doesn't he didn't come up the back way or anything like that. Like some of the speakers would, you know, they'd come through the building and come out. You know, he came right through the crowd, and you just watched the crowd just part for him. And he's coming through, he's handing out pens, he's kissing babies, like like he's running for president. Yeah. I got I to gotta jump back in here. I'm checked in the chat room there, Andy. Um, mm-hmm. I do apologize. And, um, again, the quote, natural rights are not won in some geographic <laughs> birth lottery. We get them by being born human. Well, you know, it's not a ma- it, nobody is sitting here saying let's go after the children. Nobody is saying let's target let's target juveniles. What we're saying is it's a common sense thing. When a parent breaks the law upon arrival, comes here and offers nothing to our country, gives us nothing, refuses to pay taxes, has a blatant disrespect for the United States of America, our freedoms, our civil liberties, it's dis respect. They don't care about us. They want to bring their child up here, get more benefits from the government, better their lives, not giving a damn about their chi- their child. They come here and they rape, abuse, and bleed and degrade our system. Okay? It's not a it's not us going after the children. It's called us going after bad parents. Illegal or not, bad parents. My pleasure. Happy birthday. And you know, I, I there's two things there's two things I gotta say. Okay, this is get ready. All right. Uh, <laughs> first off, 
months ago, I filled in for Ted Hayes on America's Black Shield Radio, and that was an interesting opportunity. Ted Hayes is a friend of ours, and filling in on his show was different because, you know, he talks about the illegals using the the African Americans and the, you know, the civil rights movement to their to their own end. And obviously, you know, I don't fall in that category, but again, it comes to common sense. Who the hell is an illegal alien to say that our rights should be a given and we should fall under civil rights protection because look at what we came to get here. I'm sorry, but African-American people, who I prefer to call Americans because we're all one, all right? But how did they come to America? They were sold to us. They came here. They were indentured, put into a life of servitude. They weren't even recognized as human beings. They were treated like trash, like dogs. I'm not sitting here crying saying reparations or anything like that. I'm stating the obvious. They went through hell. They went through public condemnation, attacks, riots, bigotry, everything and anything. Not being able to go in the same bathroom as white people. Disgusting and distasteful things such as that. All right? They had to literally spill blood just to be recognizes one, to fight for our country. Even though they weren't even considered an equal, along with everybody else, they went and joined the military, fought the Civil War, fought World War One because they loved America, okay? It didn't matter how they got here. What matters is they were here, they went through hell, and they decided that, you know what? We want to be here. We want to be Americans. So this doesn't fall into the category for everybody. We know the Black Panther crowd we, and their extremist beliefs and things like that. But you know what? There's a long documented history of civil rights showdowns and civil rights abuses and indecencies that happened in this country's history. And it's a dark spot in our nation's history, but one that is definitely worth not forgetting. Okay? So an illegal alien who hides in the back of a pickup truck, stows away in a ship, crosses down from Canada, whatever. When you come here, you sit there and you plot and plan how to break the law, to elude law enforcement, to elude the American authorities. Come here, do not have the decency to learn our language, or, as said in 1907, assimilate to the American way of life. No, you'd rather come here and want us to bend and fold and give to you while you take and take and take and take. All right? That, that isn't anything even closely compared to the civil rights cases of our past. Okay? There's a huge, huge difference there. So it's time for the illegal aliens and their crowd of sympathizers to shut the hell up with the civil rights crap because you're never going to own it, you don't deserve to own it, and it doesn't suit you. Okay? So if you sit there and feel bad for a criminal that snuck it into America under the darkness of night, came here with the soul, and maybe some that want to come here because their country is so bad and they want better. Well, there's a right way to come here. If you really want to better yourselves, follow the proper channels, okay? But anyway, you come here, you're a criminal. You are a criminal, a lawbreaker upon arrival. So, I'm sorry, I don't sympathize with your third world notions and how everybody should bend over and give you what you want because you're entitled to it. You think you're entitled to it? Fine. For the, real, the realistic number of 38 to 45 million illegal aliens in this country, every single one of you, sign up, 
serve in our military. Go overseas and fight for this country. Show that you want to be an American. Will you? No. Instead, you sit in your home, your free home 99% of the time. You take from us. You laugh at everybody else saying, look, they're doing it the stupid way. We did it the right way. And yet you have a crowd of people that feel sorry for you. Not here. It's not a racist issue. It's not. Uh, it has nothing to do with race or religion or whatever. It comes down to a common sense right from wrong issue. Okay? You are a criminal. And anybody who wants to argue that point, go ahead. Call me and debate it. I dare you. I know how to read the Constitution. I don't care what level of crime it is. You broke the law to get here. That shows you don't give a damn about the United States of America. So seriously, with the civil rights crap and with the open borders lobby, take your arguments and shove it. I'm done. Mike? Andy, what are your thoughts? Okay, I've got a couple on this one. And one of the major things that pisses me off about um, the whole, you know, we should have our open first crowd is that, and you've seen this many and many a time too, these people who go out, carry their Mexican flags, have the uh, American flag upside down, or worse yet, the, the pretty much scumbags who will throw the American flag on the ground, step on it, trample it, set it on fire. What What the hell are you trying to prove there? other than we do not care about your country whatsoever. How can anybody support something like that when they're burning our flag? They're taking the symbol of our country and casting it to the ground, setting it on fire. That's every American citizen that is being put down, degraded, burned spiritually at the very least by these people. And for some reason, there are Americans out there who feel that these people have just as much right to be in our country as we do. How could you disrespect all of us? and still think that you deserve to be on the same level that we are in our country. I don't go to Mexico and burn the Mexican flag. I, I would consider myself to have enough respect for Mexico to never do that. It would never occur to me. I don't care what country it is. I could even go to Iraq. I would still not do it. It's a country. It's their own sovereignty. It has its own laws, its own government, its own people. Respect it. Show the respect that it deserves, whether you like it or not. If you're in that country, you respect that country. Do not go in, spit on them, and then say, treat me just like you. You can't do that. Amen. And you know what? i gotta, I got to interject here. Tony, despite this anti-free market guy rant, everyone who agrees with him, it's about protectionism versus free market capitalism. And all immigrants are welcome here. You're right, Tony. Immigrants are welcome here. We're a nation built by immigrants, okay? Our ancestors came here, went through Ellis Island, were processed like cattle, came here, went to work. There was no English as a second language. There was no special benefits for them. They worked. They became and assimilated Americans because they wanted to be an American citizen. All right? Bottom line. I'm not anti-free market. All right? Protectionism? Well, here's, here's something I want to say real, real quick here. Okay? Protectionism. Yeah. You got me. I want our country to be safe. I want to protect the people of this country. I want to protect all over 50,000 people killed since 9-11 at the hands of illegal aliens from every country, from every end of the world. Okay? That is called wanting our country to be safe, wanting our country to be secure. Because let's face it, people came here and killed how many on 9-11, including my family? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If that's considered protectionism, but you know what? I'd like to know who's here. Because how many, um, 
Tony, I agree with everybody else in the chat room. Call in. Call in and tell me I'm anti-free market. Call in and tell us that we're wrong. Call in and tell us that our opinion is so misguided and so off track. I welcome it. I welcome it. Okay? Seriously. To even compare the immigrants that come here illegally to the immigrants that came here in the 1900s, the early 1900s, is blasphemous. It's a disrespect to every single immigrant, even up until today, that comes in this country, that comes here the right way. It's disrespecting to them. Because when they come here, they don't get the special privileges. They don't get things handed to them. They have to wait in line, fight and struggle, just like us. So, that's a big difference. Okay, but Dan, how do you fix illegal immigration? Simple. And you know what? And this this has been my point all along. And I'm sorry, Tony. And please know, Tony, I'm not singling you out. I'm just reading the chat room, which I didn't get a chance to do before. So I'm trying to respond. But nevertheless, my opinion, and this is just where I'm coming from, to start to fix the illegal alien invasion, if you will, again, because they don't deserve to be called immigrants. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh... Tony, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you guys doing? First of all, I'd like to say hi. I want to start this off in good spirits because I don't mean anything offensively toward any of you as far as personally. I just want you to know I'm defending my particular uh, strain of economics that I have read quite a bit about and, and do actually feel like I should be defending. So when I talk about free market capitalism, I want you to know I'm not saying that you're anti-capitalist when I say you're not a free market capitalist. I'm pointing out there's a definition for free market capitalist, and you have to meet certain criteria, and if you don't, you're a different type of capitalist. There are several different kinds, and I can read off a list of them if you'd like. But free markets include the necessary criteria of free trade. Free trade is defined as the free flow of movement, or free movement, I'm sorry, free movement of goods and services and labor across borders. And you can go back from Adam Smith, David Ricardo, uh, Frederick Bastiat. Uh, you can go to von Mises, von Hayek, uh, uh, Rothbard, um, Friedman. They all absolutely advocate for what I'm saying. Open borders as in medical checks and background checks only, and then, and then letting them in. They all advocated for that. I'm not speaking out of turn when I say free market capitalism absolutely must have free trade and open borders as a part of it. It's just part of the definition. That's, okay, you know I think what? I can follow that. Yeah, now that makes that makes a lot more sense. And, Tony, again, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. I wasn't trying to attack you. I was just sincerely reading the chat room as I was talking here, so I do apologize. Oh, we were bantering back and forth. It's perfectly fine. I, it's okay. I like a good debate. I was just, you know, I was just trying to defend my point of view. But go ahead, please. I want to hear your side of everything, too, because I don't want to, you know, be one-sided. Oh, no, that's well, fine. if I can ask, when you say a free market now, now there's a, as far as I see it, there's, each nation has their own specific economy. Now, if you are saying that America has a free market economy for America, I would agree with that. As far as a free market world economy, no, because we also do have things like tariffs and things like that, which, if I'm not mistaken, also interfere with a free a free market economy as far as from a world point of view. Um, Absolutely. If free, free markets itself, have never existed. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I was going to say, as far as America itself is, as far as how we conduct trade in our own country, I would say it's close to free free market, but it's definitely not 100% either. 
But I've never mm-hmm. believed that America really should subscribe to a free market world economy because there, there are problems with it, such as um, other nations can provide things like nature, na- well, I'm sorry, labor, um, raw materials, things like that, a lot cheaper than we can get here. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's very dis- disruptive and destructive to our economy. Well, in a free market point regulated. of view, that's not true, though. Like, well, I understand, I understand what you're saying. Like, you're, you know, that that is the protectionist point of view. But the but the point of view of a free market economist is that that's not at all the case. Like, Bastiat was famous for his. Uh, or uh, I take that back, Ricardo. David Ricardo was famous for his uh, comparative advantage, which is when there's labor release is what you're describing, which is either because machines are invented to take a person's job or immigrant labor takes their job or we outsource the job. Either way, this is a temporary release of labor and actually good for the economy. The reason is is because you can only do a finite amount of tasks per your population. And when you release labor in this way in a temporary sense, then it's freed up to take on other tasks, which increases your GDP exponentially. So the reason that free market pie grows constantly, whereas a closed border economy or a, or a uh, balanced trade economy has a retracting or slow-growing uh, economy is due to the fact that we have this labor release. It seems so hard to explain this to people who are getting laid off. Believe me, I know. I got laid off back in 2007. I was a union carpenter, and I'm not pro-union necessarily either. I just did it because the money was there, and it was where, you know, I go where the money is. I'm a good capitalist. So I went and did union carpentry for a while, and it didn't last long. We got laid off. And I could see why the unions get laid off. Uh, but it's it just the whole point was that it was like, yeah, I know this sucks. And everybody around me was like, man, we need to stop, you know, we have tariffs on foreign steel and this and that and all this stuff that they thought would help. But really that all hurts us. It shrinks the economic pie. The labor release is, is just temporary. The kind of unemployment that's long-term is caused by the government. And that's exactly what we have now. We have government debt cannot be, like, uh, shed you like you it turns it's automatically debt whereas like what you talk about like trade deficits per, perhaps or something that protectionists are really up in arms about trade deficits well if you look at the data around trade deficits it's totally opposite of that trade deficits are good for the economy it sounds totally backwards but it's if you look at Bastia he explains it quite clearly when he says like France will trade 50 francs worth of uh, wine with England. England will take that, sell it in England for 70 francs, and buy 70 francs worth of coal and ship that back to the French trader. The French trader now takes that 70 francs worth of coal and sells it in France for 90 francs. Now, in the end, he started with 50 and ended with 90, so he's got a 40 franc profit, at, but his trade deficit is recorded as, t- as 20 francs deficit. So you can see where trade deficits actually are erroneous when you're trying to measure the benefit of trade to an economy. And free trade is actually more beneficial than any other form. And we've never had complete free trade, I agree, and we've never had complete free markets, but they moving in that direction is what makes nations rich. You want to look at China. I heard people say we need to go and do what China's doing because they have all these protectionist policies and currency manipulations and all kinds of stuff like that. But people don't realize that economy was collapsing when Nixon went in there and thought mistakenly that he could change them. He could turn them away from communism into free market capitalism by simply introducing them to openness and trade and more open borders and more open free flow of labor and goods. And what it did was made a totalitarian regime rich. What we should have did was just left them communist, closed, and let them collapse. Because that's what happens to communism. It closes its borders off. It builds walls and it tells people with machine guns, you're not allowed to go across that border. You can't buy from, uh, sell to, or hire who you want because you don't have a right to property. Your property, your, your property rights mean that you can sell to, buy from, and hire whoever the hell you want, and it's none of the government's business. Because obviously the only way they can regulate is with force. So, I mean, all transactions are balanced because they're voluntary. And when you close yourself off, all you do is wait for the eventual economic collapse. Andy? No, I was listening to Tony. That was, that was 
very well stated, Tony. <laughs> uh, I I have to agree to a point. Um, I I have said for a while that um, there are some illegal immigrants that come in. Not all, of course. They want to come in. They want to work. They want to make their money. Send it home. They want to go home, and they want to you know. And I've always said we need to rework our work visas to maybe appeal to these because there are some industries where I think that this could help out. And if you want to bring them in to work, let them work for six months, a year, send them back, you know, and then repeat the process later on, that that could actually be helpful. Because sure, that's a point, step in the right direction. Yeah, I think that um, there's the illegal immigration problem um, is so screwed in this country. It is so off the wall. Like, you know, we have, of course, our government, like, suing Arizona for trying to do something about illegal immigration, that I don't think we are at a point where we can actually come to a solution. And you can't say, take them all out. You can't say, give them all amnesty and let them stay. There has to be a meeting in the middle, and that's the problem, is nobody wants to find that meeting in the middle to figure out some kind of solution to at least, you know, you're not going to make everyone happy, but you're not going to completely, you know, shellac either side. And until somebody, you know, comes across the aisle and says, okay, what are we really going to do to do something about this, then there's no solution to this problem in this country. And, you know, and I, like, I like what the other commenter said earlier, too, about going back to, like, the Ellis Island stuff. I mean, when my, my great-grandparents came over to Ellis Island as well, so, I mean, briefly I'll just say this because I heard somebody else was trying to pop in, and I didn't mean to interrupt, but I agree with that. Let's go back to the Ellis Island standards, but that meant no quotas. That means people could just come here freely because we had a more of a free market understanding that when people came here, most of them were coming to work, and if we really want to have a problem with it, if they're taking over our collectivist budgets, then do what Europe did in a lot of places. Make it so new people can't get welfare for several years. It's that simple. You can't get free hospital care. You can't get Section 8 for your housing. You can't get food stamps for several years. If you do that, that takes care of the problem. Yeah. I believe it would. In a lot of ways, I think it would help. Uh, one of my biggest problems with legal immigration is the fact that people, if people come here completely undocumented, and uh, as far as national security, I mean, as far, especially in the age of terrorism, we need as a country to know who is coming here. Uh, I personally, you know, you can come here for whatever reason, as long as we know why you're here. And I also agree with the idea of um, not giving a, a person who's willing to come here as America to become a citizen should not be given uh, government programs for a set number of years. I think that's a great idea, and I actually think that would be a good part of a solution. Yeah, you'd be surprised. There's a study done. I wish I had the link for it right in front of me. I don't, but um, I'll drop it in your chat room before I leave uh, this evening. Um, there's a, an article by John Stossel, and he lays out how there was, uh, uh, to the Polish, there was uh, given uh, some kind of choice, like you can go to whatever European nation you want, we'll give you a, ch a choice of these nations, and you can emigrate there if you'd like for labor reasons. Well, they actually chose of their own free will the least welfare state. They went to the place where they got the least welfare because they really were going to work. And it just goes to show that it doesn't disincentivize people to come here and work if you go ahead and say, we're not going to give you welfare for X amount of years. It doesn't have any effect whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like, it might affect our budgets, <laughs> but it doesn't affect the immigration, the people that want to come here to work. So, I mean, I think that's a good place to start, too. Hmm. Yes. And now, again, I'm going to and understand where I'm coming from. Now, I, I love facts and figures, and I love – 
you know, historical examples of things, and I think it's all it's essential to the debate. Can everybody hear me? Mm-hmm. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. And Tony, if you if you don't know me, I'm the type that I I speak speak off the cusp. I'm just gonna say the common sense viewpoint of it and just pretty much let it go. And here's here's what I think. Now, whatever it takes to get to this point or not, so be it. But here is where I come from. All right. I see veterans living in this state. I see houses housing illegals. I see people coming back from war, losing their job after 10, 15 years, and not being able to get unemployment, not being able to get help, and I see illegals working jobs. All right? Case in point, it's time to start setting a precedent. It doesn't have to be a forceful precedent, but it needs to be set nonetheless. If you have a business owner that hires an illegal alien, don't find them, charge them. Shut them down. Because what they're doing is hiring somebody who is a foreign unknown, somebody with, and this is the case, I'm not being stereotypical here, at times have stolen identities that are already criminals. All right, Hiring them over legal American citizens in my estimation, where I'm coming from, I think that should be lumped in almost to treason, to landlords, housing criminals, harboring, aiding, and abetting federal fugitives to the law over legal American citizens. Set that precedent one place, and then we're going to have those who want to be here for the right reasons do it the right way, and we're going to have the other ones weed themselves out. Look at what Arizona did. Now, I've heard every single debate from people pro and con with, you know, with Arizona, but Simply put, Arizona went to push for the toughest laws, enforcing the federal laws, enforcing the federal laws, now the Constitution. And what happened? We had a mass exodus of people leaving the state because they feared the law. Well, sometimes there has to be repercussions for your actions. And I think that no state deserves to be sued by the federal government to try and enforce federal law. In Hazleton here, years ago, Mayor Barletta tried to do the ordinance where you find businesses and find landlords. What did we have? We had an exodus of people leaving this area, going elsewhere, because they feared repercussions. It's time to own up for your actions. It's time to face the consequences for your decision to come here the wrong way. That's where I come from. I'm tired of American citizens from every race, and I am. I am 150% pro-immigration. I don't want immigration to stop. There's groups out there that protest illegal immigration, and you know, big ones like Numbers and this and that, they want to reduce or stop, stop immigration to America altogether. I'm not one of them, because to say that is hypocritical and condescending to what America is actually all about. We're a nation built of, for, and by immigrants. So I'm all for the right way, but it's time to stop catering to the ones that come here the wrong way. It's a common sense issue, and it's it's black and white. There's no gray area, really. It's just right from wrong. How many times do we have to adapt and assimilate and adapt and assimilate when shouldn't they be 
be the ones trying to assimilate to this country? Shouldn't they be the ones trying to assimilate to our way of doing things? A multicultural way of doing things, mind you. But shouldn't they be the ones to give something to show they want to be here, to show that they want to be a part of the American dream, rather than saying to us that we have to have English as a second language classes? In order to work in law enforcement, we have to learn Spanish, or we have to learn this, or this, the inability to speak English is considered a disability in Pennsylvania. They get money every single month because that's considered a disability. That's not a disability. That's ignorant. That's an exact, exact example of what I'm saying. They don't want to speak our language. They want us to cater and pander, cater and pander. We've done that for too long, and we've let it go on way too long. It's time for a change. It's time. Well, you have, like, you have like several issues there that I, I can agree with in spirit, but maybe not in total context. But I, I do understand where you're coming from, and I think you're you're saying things that are justified. I think you know you do see people that are out of work, and you do see people that are illegal. Although I'm I'm not sure that you know them by looks, but you can just guess by the numbers. You know the simple statistics that you're seeing illegals working, and and you're right. You see veterans come home, and they're homeless, and you see people that have homes that are living 17 people to a house, and you're probably pretty justified in thinking they're probably illegal. Um, my only, def- like, I have two different defenses of, of the other side of it, but it's just one's, one's going to be a philosophical natural rights argument, and I don't think we want to get into that because that takes forever, and it's got to dissect all the way back to the Enlightenment. But if you want to talk about just economics, which is probably more important to me than anything, because I base my philosophy more around the economic possibilities than anything, I just feel like I, I understand what you're saying, and everything you're describing is is the temporary labor set free that David Ricardo describes. It doesn't matter if it goes because of outsourcing or immigrant labor or or machines, but you can't logically outlaw shovels in order to end unemployment and enforce digging with spoons. I mean, it would destroy the construction industry, obviously. You know, and I know we're not talking about the same thing necessarily. I'm re- re- reducing it to a ridiculous kind of uh, metaphor, but. That's kind of the example I think either he or somebody else had used, another free market economist. That's where it sticks in my head. And why I'm trying to bring that up is to say, do you have a right to property? And if you have a right to property, who is the government to tell you what you may or may not charge your employers and who your your employees are? I mean, like, minimum wage, for one thing, is a completely anti-free market idea and is a total government interventionist idea. You know, so I don't, I don't think that the government should be able to tell you what you should be able to pay your workers to begin with, let alone where they're, you know, from or where they're not from and requiring you to ID them and all that stuff. I understand where you're coming from, I do, but that labor set free is actually good for the economy, and this is why, because they put less cost into those products by having a lower paid labor force. So that means that everybody that buys those products, me and you, get those products way cheaper, which incre- increases the national wealth by, by relation. On top of that, the other part that benefits us, besides the, the cheaper products that we buy domestically, is what, a concept that I, I don't know how to explain it more than to say, if you lock out the illegal legal immigrants, the companies that want cheaper labor are going to leave to follow them. They're going to go to those. That's why we have a lot of outsourcing. That, and on top of it, we have companies that get tax breaks to cover their cost of moving, which is bull crap, and I agree that's wrong too. But 
when you say to these companies you can no longer hire anybody below this wage and it's an economic factor for them, they either can't keep up their profit margins or they're going to go out of business, then they're just going to leave. Now, if you let the immigrants come here and compete for our jobs in the land of competition, the job stays here. And maybe you lose your job and you have to go get another job doing something else eventually, and yeah, there's just periods of slowdown and stuff, but most of that is from government debt. It's really got nothing to do with this labor release that happens year after year all the time. Hundreds of millions of jobs are turned over every year. When they say we grew 30,000 jobs or whatever, that means that we lost 100,000 and gained 130,000. You know what I mean? There's a huge turnover of jobs. So... Yeah, it benefits us, you know, and I know it sounds hard to swallow, but really it does economically benefit us on, on them two different ways because that job will stay here. And another American might say work longer than that illegal immigrant or work for less or work harder or whatever, whatever it takes to beat that immigrant for a job. But we definitely ain't getting that job back ever if it leaves and never comes back, in which that's what happens when you tell companies you're going to pay high taxes, which I think we all probably agree is a big problem. You're going to, you're going to face overregulation, which I think we all probably agree is a big problem. And then the third thing, which we might not agree on, is closed borders to labor. That's cheaper. Well, I agree. And you see, that's something that we actually do agree on. But again, it comes down from, from my perspective, I guess, is the fact that I, it, it goes to the title of the show, of what I decided to call this ship this week. And that's simply, when do we put America first? When do we put America, yep. when do we put American jobs before making jobs for everybody else? When do we start putting pressure on these businesses to keep jobs in America for Americans rather than outsourcing? When do we say that it's time to start really promoting the American workforce and giving American citizens from every country in the world a chance to strive and survive rather than pander. It goes to going to the root of the evil. The root cause of this are the people that hire, are the people that rent. They're breeding this. They're welcoming this. They're opening their arms to it, and they're selling us out in the process. Our government is a flawed, flawed beast, and I'll never, ever back off that. But again, it comes down to we don't have all the solutions in the world to fix all the problems. But what we can fix is by simply, and this is my bottom line for this, is by simply adhering to the rule of law, right from wrong. All of us are meant and expected to follow the law, follow the rules, so to speak. So if that's okay for us, then why is it not okay for those who come here from Europe, from Asia, from right. America to come here? Well, because the laws aren't what they used to be. The laws are fake laws that the government's made up since the Constitution was incepted. I mean, the, the immigration in the Constitution mentions nothing about quotas. It does not say that we're supposed to make Mexicans legally come in here on a 131-year average if they have a high school diploma and if they have a relative who is a citizen already in the U.S. That's the true actual statistic. I'm not making that up. 131 years on average. Do you wonder why they jumped the fence? It's BS government regulation. Don't try to control it. Just let it happen and the government, the government, the, uh, the uh, economy will will uh, will get better because of it. It'll it'll get more rich. We get richer, and if you limit that, if you limit the wages, like with a minimum wage or with a prevailing wage, like the, the government does in some cases, or with limit, limiting lower paid labor or outlawing certain machinery or outlawing certain outsourcing, which I'm not happy about either, especially some of the tax break they get for it, or. Uh, 
or any of this stuff, or tariffs on foreign products to try to stimulate domestic production. You can look at historical times where this has been tried, and it's always the same. You get short-term happy results, and then you tank the economy in a depression because there's a tariff war, or there's a labor war, or there's the moving of of uh, economics overseas in complete, you know, complete like whole industries, uh, or, or you like you get like uh, what we had with the the Hawley, the Smoot Hawley Act, where we raised tariffs on 2,000 products. We had like two years of really good, you know, production. We were again, uh, gaining jobs in the production sector, and that that maintained itself. The production sector always did keep a net job uh, growth, but the rest of the economy tanked. We we tried to balance trade. We turned uh, a one uh, tr- a one billion dollar uh, surplus uh, in 1939 into, uh, or 19, I'm sorry, uh, 1929 into a uh, a one uh, a billion dollar. I said deficit. I should have said deficit first and surplus this time uh, in 1940 or 1930. I, I take that back. I'm screwing up all the years. And uh, what happened was we shrunk the economy. Yeah, you got your trade balance, you got your trade surplus, but you got way less trade, like 50 percent less. I think it was more than that. I think it was like 55% less trade total. You know what I mean? It's just it's economic suicide to try to protect yourself because as you try to protect yourself, you're raising the cost of production, you're raising the cost of labor, you're raising, therefore, the cost of goods in the, in the economy to Americans, making Americans, therefore, poorer. It's something Bastiat called the broken window fallacy. You see the damage done by the broken window, but you, and, and you assume it's a good thing to, because the glazer is going to get paid to you know, fix the window. But the fact is, is that it's not good for the economy to have a broken window. Otherwise, you know, like, like Nancy Pelosi would have been right. Haiti should have suffered or should have went. She told everybody in front of a camera. I couldn't believe she said it. She goes, Haiti's going to ex- experience a boom because of the disaster that just incurred there. You know, the big uh, earthquake. I'm like, are you insane? Like, I thought this was like uh, something that was, you know, figured out in the 1800s by Bastiat. This is the broken window fallacy. You don't get more stuff by looking at the scene. You get more stuff by looking at the unseen, which are very hard to see. And the unseen things, when you put up tariffs, are that everybody's products go up in cost. If you, if I tell you you can't buy a Chinese television for $200 and I make you buy an almost the exact same product for $300 just because it's made in America, you think that stimulates American jobs. What that did is just shrink the economy by 50% for you. It just took your other $100 out of the economy that you could have spent on something else and created jobs. And that's, you know, where the whole idea of protectionism, whether you're talking about labor or anything, is just such a bad idea. But look, I'm a, I'm a pragmatist. You want to have E-Verify for, for employers? I'd say I'd go ahead and give you that. I, I would give you an agreement to say, yes, let's do that in a transition period. But I think it would have to have a, uh, you know, a sunset on it. I think we'd have to get rid of it in 10 years or something and, and, you know, as we move toward a more free market again. And, you know, if I was wrong... If I might interject for a minute. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, as far as I understand what you're saying as far as from an economic viewpoint, but it really does not cover much as far as a national national security viewpoint. There has to be a trade-off, and just to have the borders open, it actually, in in some aspects, will definitely take away from national security and from national sovereignty. I mean, governments I were established so. with the idea that this is our territory, this is our sphere of influence, and when you have a free, free flow of people coming across one way or the other, that does right. take away from it. it. It has to be a factor to consider in that. Well, this is a natural rights argument, and, and I, I disagree with you. The, the reason is is because open borders means you get a medical check and a, a background check. So I'm totally for okay. border security. If you've got to hold somebody up, that's fine, man. I'm totally with that. You know what I mean? Okay. They, okay, security I first. I agree. But the, the, 
the main problem with the, what you said about national sovereignty is where does the na- nation get its sovereignty from? From the sovereign states, right? And where does the state, where do the states get their sovereignty from? The individual. This is a concept called uh, sovereignty of the individual. In, in other words, really rights. In, when we use the word rights, we should only use them when we apply them to individuals. Collectives in the Constitution, whether you're talking about government, corporation, anything, do not get granted rights. It says states' rights, but what it means is states' jurisdictions. It didn't mean it literally as rights because it gets its sovereignty from the individual. The individual has rights, collectives and whatever do not. It's, it's a totally anti-collectivist philosophy, the Enlightenment. So, you know, there's no collective with a right. It gets powers and authorities on behalf of your rights, but it's only as good as your consent. You know, if you don't give consent, then it's, it's all a wash. So, yeah, the nation has borders and it has sovereignty, but only insofar as it reflects the either the the uh what is it the better not the better uh the i guess the popular whims and more importantly because it's a republic it's not a democracy it has to reflect what's constitutional what's uh, in, in accordance with natural rights the the idea of the constitution the whole the whole list of negative rights the bill of rights is an affirmation of natural law and natural rights which is an enlightenment belief that says basically there's only one law do no harm and, if you, and that's what the concept in law is taught to, if you ever watch Freedom Watch with Judge Napolitano, he mentions this all the time, that, that crime is defined as harm. And he's also had a, a little spiel about, you know, immigration and how, yes, you are breaking a law when you cross the border, but are you a criminal? And no, you don't meet the, the, the definition of a criminal because you haven't caused anyone harm. You know, the economic harm is caused to collectives like welfare and hospital budgets and stuff that we shouldn't be supplying anyway. We have a welfare state, you know, and there's also May evidence, by the way, to show that a welfare st- Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Please, please. Um, uh, my blood is boiling here, and I'm going to tell you why. You're talking semantics. I want to talk practicum. Now, let's take me. I'm disabled. I am $50 from um, $50 over from qualifying from, from Medicaid. So all I get is my Medicare, Okay. Mm-hmm. And that means that 80% of my bills, well, that's now changed, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting hosed even worse now. But that means I've got to come up with the 20% that is not paid by Medicare, okay? Mm-hmm. You have no idea how hard it is for me, living on disability by myself, trying to pay these bills. And I see illegal aliens coming into this country and getting their medical bills paid. It's not right. I'm sorry. So end the collectivism. I mean, I agree with you, but end the collectivism. The collectivism is the problem. Make a law that says they can't get those benefits for years. That's the real problem. It's not them coming here. You know, they they increase the size of the GDP. They increase the size of the economy. The wages go up, actually, believe it or not. They actually do go up in the long term, not the short term, when you have a a larger population. So, I mean, it's like I, I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you, but... At the same time, look, I think that the program that you're depending on, unless you've been disabled your whole life, which is a different story, um, you probably shouldn't even need. The government robbed you of your tax money. Your whole life is why you even have to depend on that. If they would have gave you that money and you let it accrue simple interest and they kept the inflation below 6%, which they never have, then you wouldn't have a problem. I mean, we have to face it. We haven't gotten a raise in over three years now. And yet our. Well, we've gotten raises. Well, you might not. Yeah, you're right. Right, you haven't got your cola, right? We haven't right? gotten a raise now in three years. And let me tell you another story. Right. Yeah, one of 2.3%. The few, one of the few, okay, um, things that I treat myself to is every two months, you're supposed to do it every two weeks, but I can't afford it. So every two months, 
I go and I get my nails filled in, and it costs $25. Now, I require the use of a service dog. Not the last time I was at at my manicurist, but the time before. There was a little girl that came over, spoke perfect English, and she said to me, her parents were talking to her in Spanish, and she was she was the interpreter back and forth, and she mm-hmm. said, "My parents want you to know that it's illegal for you ha- you to have that dog in this Walmart." And I said, "No, it's not. She's a service dog. She's dressed. She has a vest on that says she's a service dog. And if you read the front uh, the front door of Walmart, it says that service dogs are welcome." And mm-hmm. she interpreted that to her parents. And I mean, these people really had an attitude. And they said, it's not in Spanish, so I can't read it. I said, but there's a picture there, and it's quite obvious that they're allowed to come in. And I, and so then I said to the little girl, because I was getting kind of aggravated with this, and I said, well, she's legal. Are your parents legal? And when she interpreted with her parents, you could see that, you know, they didn't know what to say. And I said, and by the way, my service dog has a job. Now, see, when you, when you have to deal with things like that, <laughs> but when you have to deal with seems, things like that, that's what really turns me off. It just Well, they were really rude to you, really, and that was wrong. I, I, I'm it, sorry it that them really people was. were rude to you. I really am. I'm it sorry really that people was. were rude to you. That wasn't right. And, and, and you, you know what? The only thing that I would say as far as the language thing is that a lot of people don't realize this. There is no national language in the United States, and nor should there be. It's a state's right. And there's a good reason for that, because we weren't always this big. We used to have just 13 colonies, and we're surrounded by different languages. We had people to the south in Florida that were speaking Spanish. We had people to the east of us, I mean, uh, to the west of us, to the east of us, there was an ocean to the east of us, to the west of us that were speaking uh, French. Uh, We had people that were speaking uh, English. Uh, There were Creole languages. We had all kinds of different people surrounding us, and our security wasn't the greatest either. We had, you know, uh, conflicts with every single group. I can remember when well, they don't, that's the whole thing. You really don't there. have to. The, the reason is is because but if we accept that Mexico is a state, there, what are we going to do, make them speak your, English? Don't right. you remember when your ancestors came here how they would say, speak English, speak English, speak English, learn the English language, and everyone right. conformed to English. Why do it's they the same thing now. Statistically, it's the same thing. Statistically, it's the same thing now. It's the, the third generation no longer even speaks Mexican. Once they're here three generations, they're just like Italians were, or Irish, or French. We don't speak the native language any longer. We only speak American, you know, uh, colloquial English is what people call it, in, in the United States. That, that's basically what happens to the third generation. The second generation is usually bilingual, and the first generation rarely learns the language. They'll learn enough sometimes to get, to get their citizenship. And, you know, when you have illegal like uh, quotas like we do now, we have these quotas that are 131 years. These people aren't going to come forward to, to learn anything because they're not going to get their citizenship, and they know it. If you if like if they didn't have those kind of quotas and they could come in legally through the kind of you know security checks and medical checks and everything like we did during the Ellis Island period where it was unlimited quotas, there was just as fast as you could come here to flee fascism, you were welcome. You know what I mean? It helped the economy. People said it wouldn't. It was horrible. You know, oh, we're going to destroy the economy. Look at the crime these Italians are bringing. And we ended up being a pretty beneficial aspect to the society. I don't think anybody that's conservative thinks you know uh, Justice Scalia is a bad addition to this country. All right. I'm going to interject here, okay, because i got to keep moving forward here, all right? So what I'm going to say is, again, coming from my point of view and just where where I'm from and just how I see things, because I think that one thing we love 
We love. And Tony, I got to thank you for the intellectual debate because I appreciate this. And I I definitely it want Thank you too. Uh, thank you. I want you to call in again. And I'm not trying to rush anybody off the phone. I just got to keep moving. But nevertheless, now I I just It is a 2-hour show. Yes. But uh <laughs> Andy is yeah. Andy's Here's what I know. All right. And Tony, I'm I'm probably I'm going to have to let you go if that's all right with you. No, that's fine. I understand. You gave me plenty of time. Thank you very much for the time. Oh, no. I I appreciate you. Like I said, and please, next show, feel free to call in. Keep you know, be yeah, a part Tony, of Tony, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, we want to hear from you, believe me. Like I said, no matter if we agree, disagree, agree on some things, that's what I want. I want a discussion. I want to talk. And I am going to let you go, but I'm going to ask, stay in the chat room, because I know they're all waiting for you. And, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be a feeding frenzy. There you go. <laughs> no, no. There you go. No, there's all good people in there. <laughs> hang on to the chat room, and next show we do, Tony, feel free to call in, all right? All right, love you guys, man. Keep keep up the good work doing this great show, and I'm sure we'll find some compromise in the middle somewhere. Hey, thank you. We'll that was wonderful. Tony. Hopefully, take care, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Appreciate it. Do you want me to go too, hon? No, you can hang on for a few more minutes, Charmaine. Then we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna move again. But just hang in there because I didn't give you a chance to talk much either. But okay, here's here's what I where I come from, and again, I'm I'm all for historical facts and figures. But how I see it is this. Though our country may not be perfect, though we may have flaws in a flawed system, a flawed economy, and a very flawed government, we can't justifiably compare the present-day economy to the economy of 30, 20, 10 years ago, or 50 or 60 years ago, because the number of those people that come to this country illegally compared to when they came here then we have a very, very big difference in numbers. 38 to 45 million is a hell of an influx and a hell of a drain in our economy. And let's face it, not all of them are working. Not all of them are doing the jobs the Americans won't do. They're out there doing their own thing for their own gain, for their own benefit, and really giving us nothing in the process. And again, it comes down to no matter what argument I hear, and I like hearing the arguments, but what it comes down to is this. And an undeniable point, it comes down to the rule of law. I keep going back to it because it's the only thing to go back to. It's, again, right from wrong. It's, again, about what's good for one should be good for all. It's a matter of lawlessness being allowed to breed, to expand, to run amok, to take advantage of us, take advantage of our job our job market, our housing market, uh, everything. Be an American. If you want to be in America, be an American. If you want to live in this country, keep your culture. Fine. But adapt and assimilate to the fact that we're American citizens from and we come from everywhere in the world, but we're Americans first. Because we chose to come here. Our ancestors chose to come here. They believed in what the dream of this country was all about. They believed in the greatness of this nation. And right from wrong, no matter what petty qualms we may have, America is still the greatest in the world. And we have simple things. Simple things. If you're in America, adhere to the Constitution, our founding document. If you're in America, 
speak our language. Be one masses. And if you're in America, contribute to America. No matter who or who's given to who or whatever, it doesn't matter. Come here the right way. Follow and adhere to the rule of law and assimilate to the American way of life. And, I agree. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. It comes down to legal versus illegal. There's right and there's wrong. At so many rallies we've had and so many great groups we work with, they're groups of legal immigrants that have come here from all countries across the world that can hear the right way. And even they are protesting the agent that's happening on our borders. Why? They are. Yes, and you know you know right well uh, with our group. We have legal aliens, and they don't like it, what the illegal aliens are doing themselves. Exactly. And, you know, and it, what it comes down to is it's disrespectful to – it's disrespectful to the – the people that have come here the right way. It's disrespectful to the people from their nations because there's a lot of great countries in this world, and a lot of them want they want them here by choice. It's their personal choice to come here to better themselves, to better their lives, whatever. They go through the channels. They go through the process of becoming a citizen because they want to be an American. And you know what? That shows that how many, how many immigrants have we had migrate to this country from Mexico, from even Cuba, legally, um, come from where else? China, Japan, what you name, the you Dominican name. Dominican Republic, yeah. yeah. How many have come here and contributed to society, contributed to the American way of life? You know, benefited our medicine with their intelligence and their knowledge and oh, their willingness yeah. to learn and try and constantly want to put something out there better for all of us. You know, there's there's pride there, there's strength there, there's something great there. The ones that come here illegally. They're not demonstrating the greatness of the nations they come from. They're demonstrating the law, non-rule adhering side of it. And why do we need to cater to them? That's it. Charmaine, you have a couple minutes to talk here. I'm sorry. And then I'm going to have to let you go as well and keep moving forward because we're down to 39 minutes, everybody. And again, just so okay. you know, you're listening to Voice to the People USA Radio on Blog Talk Radio, and I thank you, everybody in the chat room, everybody on the phones, everybody listening online, not signed into the chat room. Thank you. Go ahead, Charmaine. Dan, the only thing that bothers me, well, there is one thing, though. I do have a question for you. Yes. How would la- uh, landlords handle it if, um, if they were given, say, fake IDs? And then they rent it to someone. You know, they rent it to uh, an illegal alien, but they were shown, you know, fake IDs. How would that be handled? Uh, you have to understand, I'm on your side. But how in the world would they handle that? It doesn't seem to me like it would be fair if it comes up and it was determined that they were illegal aliens. Why should the landowner or the landlord, um, you know, get get charged for that when, you know, in good faith they thought they were legal? Well, I think how would something like that be handled? I don't know how uh, Mayor Barletta was going to handle something like that. Well, so if I may, I have an answer to this one. Okay. Part of the idea behind uh, E-Verify, and that is to check yes. documents, make sure that they are legal. I believe that landlord should be able to have access. How would you do that? I don't know how you do that. E-Verify is a, what, a computer, program, computer system where you Correct. can send in the okay. documents. It's checked versus government records to basically verify that they're legitimate. It's a, it's a very okay, simple process. A lot have, of companies have switched over to it. And if, from what I understand, it works. It's very, very effective. All right. Now, suppose you would have – I'm just playing devil's advocate here because, you know, I'm asking a question. 
Now, suppose mm-hmm. we had somebody that was elderly and doesn't know how to use a computer. Like, okay. how, why should they be penalized if they thought they were hiring, uh, you know, uh, renting their place to a legal alien, and it turns out that their documents were fake? Well, that goes- I, see, that's the only thing that I, I, I can't. Somehow they'd have to work something like that out and, and make provisions for that. I'm on your side. I'm 100%. But that's something they'd have to do something about and make provisions for that. Because it wouldn't be fair to find that landowner, you know, that landlord, when he or she in good faith thought that they were renting to legal aliens. Mm-hmm. And I and I understand that completely. And, and, Andy, this is something that you and I have spoken about for a long time, for years now, about the system. Remember, Andy, when you're talking about yeah. the the different types of checks and you know when you get a job when you go for a job at most reputable places they put you through a criminal background check they do all the processing the paperwork and everything else they're going to find out if you're you are who you say you are if it's a stolen thing they're going to match your picture on your license to you know government records things of that nature what's good for one should be good for all take some pride in your property take some pride in the place that you're renting and do the right thing and do a background check don't judge gotcha. people. You know, it's I. I'm not an advocate. Now, would a landlord be allowed to do a background check? Yes, yes, they do it all the time. Yeah, yeah you're allowed. To oh, do they it. do. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, then, you, hey, there, there you there go. There's many a paid service right? that you can go to for things of that nature. Okay. Yeah. So there. Yeah, because that's the only question that you know, like senior citizens will ask our group. They'll say, you know, we're all for this. I mean, they're just, you know, they're just disgusted like I am because it affects us. I mean. I, I know, like I said, it's it's fine to talk, you know, in semantics, but I'm talking in practicum. It is affecting me personally, and I don't like it. I just don't like it. And I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. So I'm with you 100%. But, but I understand when, like, senior citizens will come to our group and they'll say, they're for it too. They're behind it 100%, but they say somehow, some way, somebody has to help us so that if we wind up renting, thinking that they're legal and they're not, we should not be penalized. So there should be something that, you know, can be done to help us. And I agree. And and I didn't know what the solution was. Yeah, and but you gave a real good one. I mean, you just gave an excellent solution now. So now I can have an answer to give them. So thank you very much. It's a simple solution, but again, it also comes down to educating people. Because some people don't know what's out there. And, and that's legitimate. If you have a senior citizen... Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, you. It's it's hard to reeducate somebody, and they're you know in their sixties and seventies, and this is to no fault of their own. But it comes down. We'll try eighties. You know, they we you know, and they don't use a computer. They just. Mm-hmm. I I can think of about seven of them right now that I know that are landlords, and they're in their eighties, and they don't have a clue how to use a computer, and they didn't know what to do. You know, what would they do? Yeah. But you, you know, gave me some real good solutions. They could do a background check, and that should, hey, if that doesn't work, I don't know what, you know. Then this way, if somebody would say if they would turn out to be illegal, they could say, look, we even did a background check, and it turned out okay. So, you know, don't go finding me. Well, exactly. There's ways, there's ways around it, and there's ways to do the best that you can. This just, you know, when you have apartments, and I'm not being stereotypical here, but when you have 17 people living in a one-bedroom apartment, you know, I'm yeah. not saying – it's because they're from Mexico or from the Dominican Republic or whatever. I'm saying we have some people from China, you know, people from all different countries, whatever. You know, we have all these people crammed in the one spot, and it, you you live in this place, and these people don't know how to speak your language. They don't know anything, you know. It's just, it's not stereotypical. It's just a questioning of... And you dare not discriminate. 
you dare not. I mean, if they would come to you and, you know, and uh, if if someone not of an American culture, you know, wants to rent your place and you turn them away, you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And no I mean, reason. the law's on their side in so many instances, and I'm tired of it. I want America back. I know that I probably sound awful, but that's just, and I even feel that, oh, this is really going to sound awful and people are going to hate me, but... Boy, I feel so bad for the people in Haiti. Believe me, I do. Or where there's other places where there's, you know, things that happen happen abroad or happen in foreign countries. But I get so frustrated when we're sending money to Haiti and we have homeless people in America. Yep. It drives me crazy. I know that sounds awful, but it just makes me crazy. Yep. And you're 100% right. And that's something we've touched on before. I'm tired of stop giving American aid to foreign countries that give us nothing in return. Even countries that have money and have the ability or, or chance or the resources to do something for us when Florida's hit by hurricanes, when New Orleans is hit by hurricanes or earthquakes in California or the wildfires. Who's giving us anything? Who's coming out and saying, we'll send our people to help you fight these We'll send our people to help you look for survivors. We'll send our people to help clean up the streets. That doesn't happen. We constantly give and give and give, and they take, and they hate us for it. Stop. If I, if I might put in a, a little bit of my own two cents on this one, um, to an extent I agree with you as far as I don't think that national funds should be used for it, but I'm all for you know indiv- groups of individuals or whatever coming together and donating oh, yeah. their own time. Yeah, they're, uh, they're more, uh, they're more uh, than yeah, welcome to do that. You. Yeah, thank you for, for for clarifying that. That I agree with. Hey, if you have the money and you want to help, God bless you. It's your money. You can send it wherever you want to. I agree 100%. I mean, we're all humans. We never like to see anyone else suffer. That, that, never, you know, that's never, never. And one. I agree with that if you have the money. But, I mean, it, but not national funds. And not when we're in this, this kind of terrible economy that we're in. Yep. I mean, I just think it's wrong. I know that's awful, but I think it's wrong. You're right. People probably hate my guts if they're listening to me, but I just think it's wrong. Hey, you're a person with your opinion, and you're entitled to it. Don't don't feel bad for that. Okay. That's what All we right, want. honey. Well, I'll let you go. And I love this show. You, I love your shows. I just love them. You guys are doing a great job, and I can't wait to hear your next show. Well, thank you, Sherman. And I will definitely say okay. that. Okay, hon. We'll see you on Thursday. I love you. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. I love it. you too, Tess. Bye bye. Bye. Andrew Woodring. Andrew. Hi, Dan. Hi. You've been quiet. I can't have this. You know. I know. I, I was just. I was letting people have the floor. You know. I was taking it all in. I know. You know so. Andy, damn it, damn it, damn it. Speak up. <laughs> I I know. I know. I got to work on that a little bit. And plus, you know, I got to put up with you, which is just the worst of everything. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh. Hey, you know, come yeah. on. Uh, you rambling bastard. I tell you what, but I love you anyway. But <laughs> I've been better than usual, okay? I haven't been so bad tonight. Come on now. Really? No. Anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll poll, okay? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Now, Andy. Now, Mike, don't. I'm just going to talk to Andy for a minute here, so just bear with me. But Okay, no problem. Because Mike, Mike. <laughs> Mike has been, like I said, the thing the thing I love about you, Mike, is the fact that when I first met you at our big rally, our big alley pack scumbag tea party against amnesty, uh, like two last November or whatever it was, alley pack, the group that 
cares only about your money, your money, your money, your money, your money, and then they send out an email and tell you to give us more of your money. <laughs> Just wanted to say that. But be back. fair, they tell people to call and what to say. Uh, read the script. But anyway, yeah. I, uh, you know, Alley Pack is one of those less than reputable um, organizations out there because you know, Gene's a scumbag who likes to, you know, well, whatever. Anyway, so back to the anyway. Point. Uh, I met Mike and Andy. You were working this day, but we had the tea party against amnesty, and um, we were outside in the rain in Hazleton in front of City Hall. And this is one of our well-attended rallies. Uh, what was it, Mike? Like ten people? Ten? No, was probably about thirty-five, forty. I mean, it's it, it scattered quick because of the rain and the cold. But I'd say at its height it was about thirty. At its low point it was about five. Yeah, there you go. Now, and you you guys stood out there for for hours in the rain with the signs and the bullhorns and going out there. And of course, of course, ladies and gentlemen, the media shows up for that. Look at how many they had come out. <laughs> Another failed rally. Ugh. Whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, the thing I liked about Mike... Yeah, for, well, for future reference, though, everybody who wants to show up to our events, show up for at least the first 10 minutes when all the media shows up. <laughs> yeah, and, right. uh, Yeah, help our numbers out. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. We have a few thousand at one event and a few handfuls at another. But anyway, but the thing I liked about Mike was that... Even though we agree on the same core you have a different perspective on things, and I enjoy that. You challenge my train of thought, and I like that. I like people that could challenge where I'm coming from because I'm hard-pressed in my beliefs. I'm open to hearing from anybody, you know, and even even like when Tony called in. You know, I we may not agree on everything, but I appreciate the fact that somebody called in and offered again, common sense and historically-backed factual things, and I think that's awesome, you know, and I like that. But that's what Mike did. He challenged he challenged my, my train of thoughts. Even in Arizona in the middle of the night we were sitting there trying to, you know, figure out everything and Mike was still being a prick and keeping me going and questioning things and everything else. But I appreciate you for it. And I if learned you consider back and forth yelling at each other, having a difference of opinion and questioning things, yeah. Sure. <laughs> one one day we'll get to the debate about torture and waterboarding in Guantanamo and, and the G20. Oh, boy. Not good. Yeah. So that's where Mike comes in. Very, very good. And I'm happy to have him on board because uh, he's been a hell of an addition. And then there's Mr. Woodring. Mr. Woodring. <laughs> my, my, my faithful best friend who's put up with me for so many years now and uh, has dealt with my grand... And another person. Now, I got to tell a little bit of story, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep this short, okay? So I'm gonna shut up and get the point. Is back when when we started Voice of the People, Andy was somebody who was so out of the political arena, it was amazing. And I, I'm sorry I'm putting you out here, Andy, but I don't care. I mean, you. Yeah, you no, even, it's true. And tell people it's what. Absolutely true. I had nothing to do. <laughs> What did I tell you in the beginning, and what did you say about how this is going to be something controversial, and we're going to get this, and we're going to get that? And you didn't even want to be – you said that you didn't want to be on camera, be out front. You just wanted to be behind the scenes and help because you believe in it, and you know you didn't want to look like you were less informed or anything else. I mean, that takes more than just a friend coming to you, but that takes somebody that's saying, look – I'm not on the same level as you with these issues. I don't know all the things that you know, but I'm still willing to stick with you and stand by your side and get your back. That meant the world to me. 
And come come to find out that Andy offers a beautiful, beautiful common man perspective, which I love because I spend so much time trying to educate myself on things, but then I'm also reactionary on the current issues. But Andy has always been there, always been there. And that's that's what I like about the duality of things. I mean, Mike and I are are maybe too informed, but we still offer different perspectives. And Andy, you're informed, and you offer a completely unique viewpoint. I like the fact that I'm not on the phone here with people that are agreeing with what I say all the time or just sitting here, you know, telling me what I want to hear. I like that. So, I mean, Andy, what do you think all these years later, all these years later, what do you think of everything? I mean, I just, I, I got to ask you, maybe I should have done this off the air, but you know what? Guys in the chat room, guys and ladies, you're rocking it. You're doing your thing. And <laughs> I love it. And you know that we don't really follow a uh, a strict guidelines for our shows. We will this week when we have guests. We'll be a little bit more strict, but whatever. But Andy, tell me. Just what's your opinion on everything? I, I just want to hear it. I like it. Oh. N- name a place for me to start, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, let's face it. And and Mike learned this quickly with um, Arizona. Voice of the people, you know, I, I, I love the name and I also hate the name. It's too long. And the email for us, Voice of the People USA Gmail, it's way too long. But anyway, but we're not. We're not overly popular, <laughs> you know. We're we're pretty much. Well, I like to say we have an even keel of support and hatred, but sometimes the hatred kind of tips over a little bit. But we've always been kind of against the grain. I mean, we don't we don't sit here and and bend over for groups that are all about money. Let them come in and take over the show. You know, we don't follow the guidelines and do what this one tells us to do because they're they've been in it longer or whatever. We've kind of always done our own thing and say, you know what. Screw you. You sit there and put out your polls and your emails, and you get your computer-generated response crap going, and you think you're in touch with the American people. What we offer is a little bit different. We go out there and say, you know what? People are pissed off. People are hurting. They're suffering, and they want a venue that they can come out, gather at, speak out, be heard, be a part of, without any of the overhyped, over-advertised, big money banners and pretty colors and lights and crap like that. We live to serve all of you, whether it's... All right, all right, well, okay, okay, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> here's, here's me, okay? I work 70 hours a week watching our country be a mess. I have two young kids now since starting Voice of the People couple of years back with dad. I have a daughter who's two. I have a son who is one. Everything that I do and we do and go out and do for is now for my kids. I mean, of course, I want to have a better country for myself, but I worry what's going to happen to them especially because the track that we're on is a bad track. I mean, you have a government that doesn't really care about us and needs to, you know, wants to line their pockets and do things to not help us. I mean, even education. I mean, I know we were talking about English as a second language. And, you know, we're 15th in the world in education. And, you know, some people go out there and they want to just give money to the, you know, the best performing schools. And I'm completely against that. I think 
money has to be given to education across the board to give to every kid to have that possibility, to have that chance. You know, you want to the American dream, then don't cut these kids off, you know, at a young age and don't give them the tools to be able to succeed, to have a good life and a well-provided-for life. Um, even uh, I was having this conversation with somebody earlier uh, where it was broken down where they were talking about English and Spanish and, you know, speaking in the schools and teachers have to be, you know, trilingual sometimes just to run a classroom. And I said that I truly believe in segregation in our school. You know, if you have English-speaking kids and you have Spanish-speaking kids, and, they, you know, they, they took it the wrong way at first, and they said, oh, well, you know, they have to have different water fountains. And I'm like, no, no, no. Why hold back any kid? Now, if that kid doesn't know English, then you give that kid an English class, and you put them over here, and you have a teacher that can teach to these kids. Because they, you know, might be legal citizens who, you know, just want an education. And why... You know, hold back any child. And, I mean, even for teachers, teachers need to be paid more than they they get at any given time because, you know, the jobs that they have to do to teach children and to get these kids ready for real world and life in general, you know, the payment is not high enough. So that is one of the things that I care about deeply is trying to make a better place for my kids. And it sounds kind of corny, but it's real, you know, so... There's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, I, think, I think, too, that what we've spoken about over the years and what Mike and I have spoken about as well is the fact that, you know, and I'm not going to I'm not going to mince words here. We have another 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 initiative put out there called America Rising and what that campaign is all about and what it's going to really Evidently, it's going to become in metamorphosis or whatever the word I'm looking for is. Is yeah, that was good, huh? That was radio, everybody. But um, <laughs> America Rising is about all the issues being spoken about publicly. You know, talking about the greatness of America and then talking about our problems and coming up with a consensus solution and trying to get the best out of it without the you know, the marketing hype that is with some other groups out there and, you know, and raping and abusing the people and taking advantage of their passion. But Voice of the People, let's face it, we've been known, because of how we started in 2007, we've been known as a group, you know, strictly um, a, a secure borders group, opposed uh, you know, immigration enforcement group. And I'm fine with that label. I am fine with that label, but... What I think is important here, which Mike illustrates, which Andy illustrates, is we're for more than one issue, you know? And I think that the illegal situation in this country, and like I said, I've spoken at Tea Party events before, and people say, how does illegal immigration fit into what we're talking about with fiscal responsibility? And I always say, give me five minutes, and I'll explain it all, and I tie it all together. It is one of the root cancers in this nation. So it's not something off track or off base. But we're about a lot of things. We're about a lot of different issues because who we are and what we are is just a collection of different people, different mindsets that only want to see the best for America and her people because we're one and the same. We don't preach to you. We rant on this show. We rant in public, yeah, and then we have our, you know, our enlightened and informed speakers come up and everything else. But we've also taken the microphone down in the audience and events and given it to our regular everyday people and say, speak. 
which sometimes others seem risky. You know, they they for better you know, or worse. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't want to do that. You know, you can't control it. We're not about controlling. We're not about control. We're not about the government controlling you. We're not about you know groups controlling you. We're about you controlling you. About giving you a voice. And I, I don't know. I know I'm kind of like getting all like uh, lovey dovey here and. You know, and and speaking about things in such a beautiful way. See how I hyped myself there? And uh, (laughs) thanks for the no response, guys. I appreciate that. But I I think that... You're on your own on that one. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. And my mic's still silent. And uh, (laughs) Mike? It speaks volumes right there. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But honestly, here's something I'm going to... All right. I'm going to get off what I was saying, all right? I think people get it. I, I can shut up now, and I'll I'll stop with this. With shows. Don't worry. But something I want to do right now is open it up to everybody out there that's listening to this show in the chat rooms, that will hear us in the archives, the on-demand episodes, and all the people listening, is we want to hear from you. We want to hear from all of you. Where would you like to see a rally held? Where would you like to see an event held? What issues do you want to talk about? What things do you want to make public that maybe isn't getting enough public attention or hasn't gotten any public attention? Anything, any subject is open on this show, at our events, whatever, because this is for all of you. That's it. So I want to shoot that out there to everybody. I want to hear from you. If you haven't done so already, on the Blog Talk VOP USA show page, mark our shows. I know my friend Shanda from uh, from Arizona did. I'm asking everybody else to mark our show as a favorite. Follow what we do, what we say, because I guarantee you, no matter what we say we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a million different things because it's how we roll. You know, We're just regular people talking about regular everyday things that are going on, need to be addressed. So, seriously, we want to hear from you. So, with that, we have 15 minutes left. Mike, Andy, it's free for all time. <laughs> free for all. That's that's the new thing I want to I want to get into. I want to go off on something, talk about something, any issue, everything, anything, whatever. Go, go, let it out. Okay, I I got one to start with here, and it kind of alludes to what you said earlier about our new new Congress just getting into office and all that. And already in the news, all you're hearing is about the excuses for why they can't do the things that they promised us they would do. Uh, it goes back to what I said last week about how when you vote Democrat or Republican, you pretty much get the same thing. You just get a different excuse for why it's not getting done. Uh, it's, it's very sad to see that the first exactly. thing, you know, to hear the first thing that we get is excuses for why we're not going to be able to do this, or this has to come down. Oh, we can't live up to this promise. It, it's just unfeasible. Why is it yeah, we're, that we're we tolerate people coming plans. into office and basically lying to us or, you know, shining shining some crap and trying to hand it to us? And we seem to think this is acceptable for our elected officials. It, it really irritates me as far as, um, you know, how, how our government's gone, how far it's actually gone from representing anybody, really, except for their own interests. I mean, government, as far as I'm concerned lately, is just exists for the sake of preserving government, not to uh, preserve the will of the people. And uh, I'm already extremely disappointed in the things that I've heard coming out of our new Congress. Absolutely. I mean, they started with, I mean, Boehner started with, well, we're going to repeal Obama's health care bill, but it doesn't really matter because it's not going to get through anywhere else. It's just for show. 
So, and I'm like, that is just such an awesome thing to hear. You know, we're going to do it, but we, yeah, nothing's going to happen with it. And then we're going to try something else, and nothing's going to happen with that. Because, you know, we only have one-third of the government, which was, you know, the big turning point, you know, during the election. Oh, we, we got it. It's We're Republican again, and puppies will never die, and it's going to be awesome, and you're going to love it. And now it's like, oh, well, but we only have the Congress. So, eh. Yeah. It's like, thanks for putting us in, but here's the reality of the situation, which is that we're not going to do anything. And, uh, you know, we yeah, have the Democrats like forced a lot of stuff down our throats that I don't think anyone really wanted to swallow. But it was forced there because for some reason, you know, just because 60 people in the Senate say that it's okay and, you know, 150, 170 million Americans say it's not. But those 60 people seem to have more voice than, you know, the majority of the American citizenry. confuses me sometimes how that works. But, you know, I understand how how the legal system, the not the legal political system, goes together as far as that's concerned. But uh, you know, I, I really think that, and this this goes out to everyone who's listening. You know, hopefully most of you voted with your brains and not some sort of weird emotion. But people need to get their heads out of their asses and realize that we, we're the ones responsible for these people getting in office. It's like George Carlin said: you put garbage in, you get garbage out. We vote garbage in, we're going to get garbage out of our political system. People need to wake up. Be more active. Don't just sit there and say, I wish I could. You have to be active to get a political change. We're at the point where we can't sit back and say, I wish I could do something. If you say you wish you could do something, then just shut your mouth and accept the crap you're getting because you're useless at this point. Yeah, definitely go educate yourselves and uh, you know, give it a try and actually stay on top of issues. I mean, uh, I do another show on Blog Talk, actually, on Wednesdays called the Jackal Brothers, um, shameless plug, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and I said, you know, it's people want to complain about it, but then you go on Yahoo at any given time and, like, the top, like, five trending things are, like, Kardashians and, like, you know, Kate Gosselin. So go and educate yourself and go look at things and, you know, stay on top of issues and actually, like, pay attention and don't care where, you know, Kim Kardashian ate this afternoon. Exactly. I, I mean, people are too obsessed with celebrities and not enough about how their, their lives are being run. That makes no sense to me. As an aware person, as a person who values how, how my life is basically dictated to me, I, I, I could care less about what Kardashian or uh, you know any of the others, uh, Paris Hilton or any of that stuff. But when you compare it to how I live my life, what, what's more important to me? To me, it's more important to learn how to basically control my own destiny rather than it is to find out what some half-brained idiot is doing, you know, on their drunken nights out. Okay. 100% right. That was good. You know, again, did we did we focus on the the main topic of the show? No, but also yes. It comes down to asking the question, when is it time? It's all to- relative. It is. When is it time to put America first? When is it time to go out there and stand up for this country, to stand up for your beliefs, to stand up for all those who stood up before us? When is it time to say, we're going to stop giving our money to these people that squander it, whether it be groups, whether it be politicians, and start seeing where the money goes. Start you know, controlling the destiny of 
that money and saying, making sure it's used for something that's actually going to generate some good, generate some decency, and actually affect real change in this country. As far as the Congress goes, I've said this. I look forward to 2012 because I hope – I'd like to see them all kicked out, okay? I want them all gone. Give me people – that know what it is to suffer and struggle and put them in office because I'll listen to them because I know they get me rather than the spoon-fed lies and, and polls and crap like that, you know, that we see from, you know, your your everyday politicians. I want to see everyday Americans standing up and saying, it's time for the citizens to take the role of citizen representative. Only we could speak up best for we the people. We have that power. We have that ability. It's a matter of going out there and not just saying it, but doing it to the points that both of you made. It's not time to sit back at home now and say that, well, everything is good. Everything's going to be okay. No, it's not. There's too many things wrong. There's too many things broken. And it's up to us to enforce the fix. That's what we have to focus on. So when's the time to put America first? When maybe it takes some when they lose their job, they lose their house, they can't pay bills, or God, you know, God forbid, any one of those those horrific things happens to them. They wake up and they have that that epiphany, so to speak, and say, you know what, I got to do something. Or maybe it's people out there look at the world around them and say, you know what, we all deserve better. And that's when it's time to put this country first. Put this country. Put the love of this nation, the want for this nation, the desires, the dreams of America before political parties, before elected officials, before anything and everything else. Put what America is and supposed to be and at one time was before any special interest, before any big ticket item. Put America first for yourselves, for your family. Take to the streets. Go out there, make your phone calls, send your emails, hold rallies, attend rallies, whatever. You can do something if you're willing to sacrifice your anonymity, sacrifice sometimes, with has been the, which has been the case with all of us, your safety and insecurity, the safety of your family, you know, your loved ones. If you're willing to sacrifice all these things, all these things, just to go out there and serve something greater, to serve this country, and for our vets who have already served and continue to serve, you have the responsibility. You have the ability. You have the want and desire. Act on it. Act on it. It's worth the risk. It's worth the condemnation. We could take criticism. We could take getting lied to and lied about, because it's happened for eons from our politicians. They want to call us names and make up stories and, you know, threaten us and everything else. Fine. Let them. As long as you keep moving forward, as long as you keep focused on what matters more than anything else, and that's the greatness of this country and fixing this country, how can you go wrong? And some of us have different ways of getting there. Some of us have different opinions, different thought processes, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. But let's agree in the common sense issues, and let's agree that we all want the same thing. And find that happy medium. Find a way to get things done. We can do it, but you have to be willing to sacrifice and put forth the effort. It's perseverance. It's, it's just an unwavering ability 
to keep going forward. And I think all of you out there listening, you're inclined to do that. You have that. You have that in you. You have that in your heads and your heart. Because you take the time even to listen to this. Do your own things. Keep going. The battle hasn't been won. Our country isn't fixed. There's more wrong now than there was a year ago, and more wrong now than there was 50 years ago. Keep fighting. Andy, Mike, with five minutes left. Well, Dan, first, I think before anything, you need to tell the people when the next show of Voice the People uh, USA is going to be. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Now, I, I, I kind of, from what we talked about earlier, Andy, I don't know, I have one little thing that I don't know. I honestly can't give a next date because, I, and again, I don't like doing this, but Wednesday night from 6 to 8, Jackal Brothers on Blog Talk Radio, and he's going to have his two-hour show there. So maybe we'll go 8 o'clock Wednesday night right after your show. It's depending on if, we, if we're if we able to secure the guests that we hope so, what we hope we're going to get with Darrell Metcalf, and if that night works best, then we'll do it. If we have to do it Thursday or Friday, then so be it. But right now, I'm going to tentatively say a shoot for Wednesday night after Jackal Brothers show. But if worse comes to worse, we'll move it to another night. That's why it's important for those who do listen to follow us on Facebook, to follow us here on Blog Talk Radio by hitting the follow button or marking us as a favorite. We will keep you up to date. That I promise you. I'm not going to leave you hanging. And after this, going forward we'll have a schedule worked out and everything nice but we're hoping to do three shows this week if we have one wednesday then we'll do another one on friday if we only have two shows this week so be it but that's where we're at right now so there's my great response where i have an answer but i don't have an answer how'd you like that andy is that good yeah kind of <laughs> there you sound like a true politician uh, yeah yeah never never committing never committing no, that that's not right. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's you, know you bastard. And Dan would also like to announce his run for Congress. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, what was I going to say here? Ah, okay. Just to keep everybody updated, just because, I have to say that Michael Vick is still a scumbag. And I'm happy the Eagles lost yesterday. Yes. That's nothing to do with anything, but how's it feel? Huh? How's it feel? Not being an Eagle fan, I did really think they were going to beat the Packers and, like, lose in the second round. I thought it was going to be a close game yesterday, but I was happy to see them lose. Yeah, yeah I'm still saying the Ravens in the Super Bowl. That's me. <laughs> God. Yeah. Jets overhyped. Eagles, it would have been great. You would have lost, and then a pack of wild dogs would have came out and eaten Michael Vick at the end of the game. It would have been a game of the century. That would have been worth watching. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, Andy Reid went out after the show and said, hey, don't blame Michael Vick because he didn't give up 21 points. But he did underthrow an interception at a crucial last drive. Yeah, but well, that's not his fault. So that's okay. okay. So, <laughs> so yeah. all right. So, also, on a completely uh, random side note, God. I just got to watch the movie The Fighter, and I highly recommend it to everybody. It's in theaters now, and it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Mike, any movies you want to plug? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go see Tron, but I haven't seen it yet. Ah, uh, okay. Me too. 
That wasn't exactly a plug. I'll sit that one out, guys, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, we have a little under two minutes now remaining, I think. So, again, everybody, if you could, follow our show on blogtalkradio.com slash USA. Check out our next show. Check out the Jackal Brothers Wednesday night from 6 to 8, also on Blog Talk Radio slash the Jackal Brothers. And please follow us on Facebook, and we will be updating you by tomorrow as to when our next show will be. I thank you all mm-hmm. so much. And you can also listen to Jackal Brothers show to find out when the next show will be as well. So. There you go. I want to thank everybody. <laughs> 90 seconds, the electronic voice says. All right, Dan, thank you very much. It was a pleasure tonight. Mike, same thing. Thank you, everyone that listened. And, uh, you know, it was a pleasure. Keep tuning in, and we'll have more loudmouth of Dan and ranting and maybe some solutions. (laughs) Well, I thank you. Seriously, thank you. And uh, I I really, really appreciate everybody being so involved and giving us a chance to listen to our, our mindless rantings and ravings and We will speak to you again in probably two days. So thank you. God bless you all. And as always, God bless America. That's my political moment. And uh, enjoy the closeout song. This is Justice by Rev. And thank you all. Remember, follow us on Blog Talk Radio. Give us a shot. Yeah. Voice of the People USA Radio. We are out. Everybody stay. Speedway, we've always been here to get you what you need when you need it. We're committed to keeping our stores open, clean, and safe, so you can stay fueled and refreshed all summer long. We've got cold drinks for hot days and frozen drinks for even hotter ones, plus energy boosts, quick bites, and pick-me-ups. 
We're always on your way, and we're always here for you. So no matter what you need, when you stop by, we'll be ready. Now buy any three cooler beverages and get 500 bonus speedy rewards points.